Hello, clockworkers. Welcome to chapter two of the Clockwork Book Club. We're here to talk about chapter two today. If you haven't caught up on chapter one in the intro, start there, obviously. Start there. But yeah. um, shall we dive in? Do we have any? Let's do it. Okay. Let's just dive right in. So we are following like just phase a quick recap. one, right? Right. Yes. Like we're in phase one now. We're in which phase is one the of line phase. Yes. That was a new addition to the revised copy, which yes. we love. And just yes. so that we're all clear, we're following a the same kind of discussion workbook that you know we're providing in the show notes of all of these episodes. So we're going to cover the same sort yep. of topics because we want to share our insights. But of course, we want to hear about yours as well and what you're finding. Mm. So. Chapter two, phase one, uh, phase one, align phase, chapter two, clarify who you serve. Now, this used to be in our process much later in the process, but through yes. working with hundreds of clients, we have moved it earlier in the book into the yes. process because it's it's really like so crucial to figuring out the rest of the things, especially in phase one. Yeah, yeah we moved it earlier and for a couple reasons but mainly because it's more efficient to get this done first so that we're not creating a lot of excess for people that we actually don't want to serve or we're not creating the wrong qbr because we don't actually want to do that for these people mm -hmm. right so it was um our advice to mike when we were doing the revisions like this needs to go much sooner. <laughs> so yes. we have it front and center, kind of the first thing that people do. We also used to do time tracking a lot sooner. Yeah. And that just tends to be really heavy and hard for people to like start with because it is yeah. uh, not tedious. fun for people. It's yeah. tedious. <laughs> tedious is the better word. Yeah. It can be tedious. And so getting through some of the more exciting things, the more tangible things um, initially, yeah. I think is a good step and a good change. So to me, this chapter is all about, I love this chapter because it really reminds us that clarifying who we serve is an efficiency principle. It's mm -hmm. not just about, um, you know, niche down, niche down, because that's what people say. It's not just because that's a good marketing principle. It's like, yeah. it's because it's also an efficiency tool for your business, because the less people you have to serve, the less variations that you're uh, delivering, the more efficient your company is going to be. And therefore, the more easily you'll be able to step out and scale the organization. So like my big drive home was like, do less and you can achieve more. You need to begin by narrowing your type of clients so that you can reduce variation. So that yes. was like my big take home of this whole chapter. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think another big take home I had is that if you like a good what indicator of stability is, are you proactive or reactive? And I think it's mm. much easier to be proactive when you are very clear on who you're serving up first. You're not kind of reacting to yeah. the wishy-washy demands of people who aren't even your ideal client, you know, because right. it's so just, easy to do that. And we are totally. seeing it like, oh, they want this. Yeah. So I'll, do, I'll deliver it. Oh, they want this. I'll deliver it. And then yeah. you get so far from the thing that you actually want to be doing and delivering and serving that you end up yeah. hating what you do or hating the clients that you're working with. And 
Absolutely. We see this a lot in, um, I I mean, I don't want to date this episode, but we're seeing it a lot currently in like social media slash celebrity world where people are just Mm -hmm. like kind of reacting to feedback. They make decisions, they do the thing, and then people don't like the decision. So then they do something else and they do something else. And before you know it, they've completely kind of destroyed their reputation or destroyed all of their hard work. Um, and that's so easy to do when you're not like very clear on who you're serving or what you're doing. So I just think right. it's like so important to start here. Which is like, you get so far from, wait, what do I stand for? What do exactly. I really want to be known for? Which is what we're going to talk about in the next chapter. But yes, um, a really key principle of that is reducing these variations. I know that it can feel hard to be like, but I love everyone or I want to work with everyone or I don't want to stop working with these people because that's money. And I think there's some really good examples in this chapter of people who started working with less people, even though it was scary for them to like remove Mm -hmm. product offerings or remove certain clients that they were going to be serving. Chris Hudson, a great example of that at the lighting company starts, you know, removing some of these really custom requests that he's getting. And those custom requests could be, you know, big money makers, but they're actually costing the organization a lot of output, right? Mm-hmm. And also joy. He also mentions that, you know, not only are we increasing our output, you know, fewer, he, he even said like fewer variations meant increased output and my team is happy. So they went from producing 75 lights per week up to 110 yeah. lights per week, just you know, in this specific interview, I'm sure it's even more now as they've, this has been a couple of years ago that Mike did these interviews, but, um, that was like a big driver for me. Like I loved the examples because I know how hard it can be to reduce the variations to say no to clients, but just a good reminder that like fewer variations can mean increased output for you, which can, you know, which will help your revenue grow. Yeah, the quote, like my sticky note quote that really stuck out from this chapter is, if you want big success, you need to focus on a small community and then empower that community to carry you to bigger markets. And I think that is basically what we're talking about. Focus, focus, focus. And that community will share you with the rest of that community or they'll be shouting about you so loud from the rooftops that you'll find other markets and communities. But focus that attention in to grow. Like we said on the last episode, simplicity scales. So, yeah. And the way that you do that is through the crush cringe analysis, right? So that is the tool that you're going to be using as you go through this chapter for your own business is identifying like, who are my crush clients, the people that I really love to work with. And I Mm -hmm. want you to be thinking about not, um, the people that say they love you, but the people that are actually spending the most money with you, because those are actually the people that, (laughs) that, love your services they might you know there might be people that love you but if they're not paying you then we can't they're really not really count a them crush. As, yeah they're not really a crush because we don't actually want more of those types of clients we want more clients that are going to be paying you paying you well for your services a joy to work with right so yeah. you know chris was talking about um when he was narrowing down his list like which were the clients that he like hated answering the phone for right like when right. the phone rang he was like oh no right so thinking of in it through that lens as well like which are the clients that 
oh, oh no, here we go again, right? Or mm -hmm. I just know that it's going to be a pain. And I think it's really important to include your team in this process because a lot of times they have more insight than you even into what it's like to really right. work with these people. Um, we do our crush cringe in an ongoing kind of capacity at Red Lake Clockwork. And then every quarter we kind of freshen up and review and make sure that we're looking at it to see like who else do we need to add to the crush cringe. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we have differing opinions. And so it's actually important to have discussions around those things of like, why, like, why is this person a crush to you? Why are they a cringe to you? If you're listening to this, no, we're not talking about you. Right? That's, we're not talking about you if you were a client. Okay. <laughs> Put that anxiety to but bed. Like, yeah. But like sometimes, you know, I have a relationship with someone and it's very different than how yes. the relationship with my team members is. And so it's really important to like actually discuss through with the team. Like what are the things we're looking to duplicate from these people? What is hard about working with them? What is, you know, easy about working with this type of person so that we can figure out who they are so that we can get to those congregation points, right? It's not just about identification of like who we love and who we don't love, but then what can we then do with it, which is the efficiency part of this process. And I think a lot of times we fail to execute on the next piece, which is like, how does creating the crush cringe make your business more efficient? It's like, well, we can reduce the places that you're having to market if we know <laughs> Who, who it is that we're really trying to serve. We can reduce the amount of offerings that you have if we don't actually need to be serving all of these people. Mm -hmm. But you have to actually take action on those things for it to be an efficiency tool for you. So I think that's a really important piece that I always like to take home because sometimes people do the crush cringe and they're like, but how does Great. this help me, right? Like then they what, pile it away, check. <laughs> like, what do I do with this now? Or how does this help me clockwork? And I'm like, well, it's all about efficiency, right? Like if we don't have to market in 27 places and we can identify like these are the three congregation points or these are the three places we need to market, or mm -hmm. this is the type of marketing message that your crush client needs to hear, uh, that's going to be way more efficient than having to develop 15 marketing messages or one marketing message that doesn't actually work because it's trying to reach too many different types of people. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Those are the things that I think are really important to drive home and to execute as you go through this chapter. If you get the clockwork kit, which is clockwork.life, you can get the clockwork kit. There are examples of what a crush cringe will look like you can, cause you get all of the, you know, figures, tools, all the tools. So you can grab yeah. a crush cringe. If you are someone who works in an industry, who's like, I don't, I, we hear this a lot from like online or brick and mortar locations where people walk in, walk out. They don't have this kind of data on their clients. I'm going to be straight with you. Like, like the crush cringe analysis was initially developed for the pumpkin plan. And I think it was really, it's, it works best in its raw form for agencies and what like book service providers that kind of thing that have like individual lists of individual clients I, that's what it's designed for in its current form but if you have an online store you can find you can still find history of your of your customers um you can do surveys you know you can include surveys on your receipts you can ask people at you know right at the till this is where you can get your team involved to like ask oh where do you you know, chit chat, you know, how, how can we learn about okay. you? Maybe you don't have their name, but you can start to get 
some basic information about your customers. And of course, if you're starting to see names pop up in your online, you know, list of, I mean, I can, you know, all of our transactions are online at Clockwork and I yeah. can see a list of every purchase that anyone's ever made. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, maybe reaching out to them or if you have customers that come in all the time, start having conversations. Like, where do you work? What do you, tell me about yourself. Yeah. You know, like, why do you come here all the time? Yeah. Because you can, it, inst and, and the other thing is, instead of thinking about this as like all your individual customers, because sometimes people are like, I have like 10,000 customers. Well, of course. I'm like, yeah. okay. So let's think about these in like groups of avatars, right? Like what are some, you know, characteristics of the yeah. types of customers that you love? What are some characteristics of the types of customers that it may be harder to deal with or work with mm -hmm. that we don't want as many of? And then this is where the, you know, the efficiency piece of serving less of them, or at least uh, marketing to less of them so we can attract right. more of the right people. You may not ever be able to get rid of completely some of these other ones if you're not a type of business that can like, no, I'm Fire not going to work with it. Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. like if they're, you know, if you have an e-commerce store, it's like, okay, well, they those people still might try to buy things from you and that's fine. We'll accept their money but you're not going to go after them as a target market. You're not going to cater your yeah. marketing message to them. You're not going to spend time, energy, resources in those congregation points to attract more of them. You also may, you know, when you're in product development or when you're sourcing products, like you may also just not be thinking about them. You may be wanting to think about how do I serve my crush crimes, not these people that are, you know, complaining loud, whatever. We're not trying to serve them as well as we're yeah. trying to serve these other people. So it's just, again, reduction, reduce the variation, um, re you know, target the marketing so that we can be much more efficient. The other thing that, you know, just comes to mind as we're talking about these different types of clients and tips that we use with our clients is sometimes people are like a neutral. You're like, well, I don't crush them, but I don't really cringe them either. And I'm like, okay, just like, of course, we're not going to be like, Stop working with them. But similarly, we're not going to do things to try to necessarily attract more of them, right? Like you're mm -hmm. not going to get rid of them um, if they don't really ruffle your feathers either way. Right. But we're not going to create things specifically for them or go out of our way to attract more of them. So just really lean into identification of like, who do I really love? Who do I want more of? And then who do I really would like less of, <laughs> right? Yeah. And how do I talk to only the people that I want more of? Yeah. 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 All right. All right. So do your crush cringe. You can get the example in the kit. And we're going to do chapter three next, which I'm really excited for. See you in the next episode.